Walk in Your Excellence. I'm your host, Sean Larry, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Walk in Your Excellence. Jeffrey Holder, who passed away just a few years ago, was a Caribbean-American actor, dancer, singer, jack-of-all-trades. He painted, choreographed, and since the 1960s, his legacy has been left on the stages of Broadway, the Metropolitan Opera Ballet, and all throughout television and film. He has paved the way for so many amazing African-American artists who grace us with their presence on stage today. Today's guest has already begun to build his legacy, and thousands have been impacted by it. In addition to following his dreams, he is supremely active in the community, and as an educator, he is influencing the future generation of our students in such a profound way. Daryl Stewart, the Daryl Stewart, is an actor, a director, a performer, and an educator. As a thriving and successful actor, he has stood in front of thousands nationwide and performed in some of our most loved theater productions carousel into the woods aida little shop of horrors which is one of my favorites and so much more a new voice that will fill the rafters of the theater as one magazine describes daryl has collaborated with emmy award winner ray chu he shares an alma mater with me new york university and is a faculty member of the world-renowned new jersey performing arts center in addition to all this he is an entrepreneur And his community service-oriented spirit has led him on a new venture in New York City that I can't wait to have him share with you about. Please welcome one of my childhood friends, Daryl Stewart, to Walk in Your Excellence. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you. Of course. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so so happy happy to be here. So happy to have you here. You're just like a burst of life. Like even before we started the show, like you, you were counting down and made a whole musical out of the <laughs> countdown. It's just like your spirit, your energy, the positivity, like the breath of life that you bring when you walk into a room is so, so inspiring. You are actually inspiring me, you know, through your your Instagram stories, through our text message conversations to really follow my passion and pursue my dreams. And so I want to Thank you in front of the world for being such an amazing friend. Oh, you're so welcome. Yes. You're so welcome. I feel even weird saying you're welcome because I feel <laughs> like, you know, I don't know any, I don't know, I'm not wired any other way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess I'll just simply say, yes, thank you. Of course. And, and I receive it. And also thank you because yeah. the way that you show up in full excellence oh. in everything that you do gives me the encouragement and the the inspiration mm-hmm. to do the same. Awesome. So each one, teach one. Yes. Iron sharpens iron. iron so thank you. Iron, of course. Ah, oh, friends forever. Yes. I want to jump right into it because I know you have a million things to share with us. We're going to touch on community service. We're going to touch on education. We're going to touch on what it means to, to be a theater, to be in like one of the largest and most renowned, world-renowned theaters in, a, uh, in our country. But first, I want to start by you telling us who you are. Who is Daryl Stewart? Well, <laughs> um, I am a Virgo. Okay. I am the middle child, the son of uh, Garnett and David Lee Stewart, the late David Lee Stewart. Um, I'm a Jersey boy. I grew up in Vauxhall, New Jersey, which is the black section, uh, or the I should say the lower income section of <laughs> Union Sometimes, Township. Not directly correlated, right, but right, not necessarily <laughs> directly correlated. But I, I just want to be I want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> of Union Township, which is a small suburb just outside of New York City. Uh, that's where I grew up, um, and I was there until uh, senior year of high school. Obviously, after that, 
I left to spread my wings and do other things. We'll talk about that later, I guess. Yeah. Um, what else? I am, I am someone who colors outside of the box. Mm. So um, I, I am my own person. I am an independent thinker. I'm a reflective practitioner. I am an artist indeed, right? Um, I, 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 I think that my fourth grade teacher used to say that I'm a renaissance man, nice. which basically means that I just love all things art, culture, humanities. Um, I'm humble. Mm. I'm humble. I'm uh, God-centric. I'm tapped in. I'm connected. Um, I am the guy who... Uh, turns the party up and yes, turns the party that I know out. For sure. that, <laughs> that I know from sure from but, when we were 16. But at the end <laughs> of the day, I think to sum it all up, uh, I am someone who lives on purpose each mm. and every day, mm. whether that's through my art or through uh, the work that I do in the community or whether that's just taking the long way to the studio and mm. saying, you know what, I'm going to embrace my walk mm -hmm. to this studio today that's that is really who i am and i think that that kind of that is what permeates through everything that i do it's yeah. just that i'm a real ass person like i'm it. just real yeah. if i'm not having a good day i'm not having a good day if i'm having a good day i'm having a good day you yeah. know and so i just kind of bring all of myself to every experience and in that i get all of the experience yeah. from every experience, I love if that it. makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I love the way you said that. Like, you bring it all to, to get it all. Like, that's what you it. put in is what you get out. That's exactly it. And, just, and that's why you are one of the guests on Walking Your Excellence Season 2. I Like, you, everything that you do exudes excellence, and so I'm happy to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about your childhood. I am always, always just, like inspired and like I just love hearing about people's childhoods and how their childhood has allowed them to become the person they are how they shape how it shaped their thinking uh, how they make decisions what was your childhood like how did you become the man you are today as a reflection of that well it's really important to know that I had a speech impediment mm -hmm. as a kid okay so I had a very heavy lisp I'm talking about very very heavy so at the very, very, very beginning stages of my development, uh, I was teased often, not only by like kids, but also by like people in my family would ask me to speak so that they could make fun of me, mm. right? So, so that um, kind of made me. Those were the beginning seeds of insecurity. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, my mom and my dad were both real as fuck. And so they were like, can I curse? Can I yeah. Okay. Listen, this is walking your excellence. If it's a part <laughs> They of were like, you know, listen, you are perfect just the way that you are. Right. We're going to work through this. You're not going to always speak with a speech impediment. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not stupid. You don't have a, a dumb tongue, is, I guess, is a, a phrase of speech that was used at the time. And so... I was introduced to speech therapy first, right? And this is during school. So mm -hmm. during school, I would get out of class. I would have a speech therapist. I would go to speech therapy. And the speech therapist made the connection that, hmm, if he's not using his voice, he's not using his, his spoken language, we should connect him with the music teacher. Hmm. Maybe there's a connection there. Well, the music teacher was Mark Filan. This short, 
sassy Italian man who loved musical theater. Mm. That was it. So working with him, I started to use my voice more. I started to figure out um, uh, the cadence and language and speech and enunciation and projection. And I did it through something that I fell in love with, which was Broadway. Um, So I say all of that to say that I was one of the fortunate ones. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I was surrounded by people who could have very much said, we'll pass on him for someone who's more articulate, more athletic, more intelligent, more book smart, more whatever. And instead they said, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we we are going to see it through that whatever it is that we can do to bring out the best in you is what we do. And that's exactly what it was. So between my dad, my mom, my teachers, uh, community leaders, mm-hmm. aunts, different people, I just started to come out of my shell because I was encouraged to do so. So by 10 and 11, I had a trunk in the living room and I had a lampshade that my mom let me take out of the living room off one of the living room lamps. And I, I made a spotlight and I had a sheet <laughs> with a rope across the back. And that was Your my theater. Stage, yeah. That was my stage. And, and my parents didn't say, take it down. We have company. They were like, no. They were, again, real as fuck. So they were like, our son, you know, he's practicing his his speech. So he has a stage here. Don't mind this, like, random box in the middle (laughs) of it. You can't touch it also because he will will have a connection. (laughs) So that is where I began literally to hone my skills. My cousins would come over. I have a big, very large, southern, black-ass family. Right. South Carolina, Chester, South Carolina, the 803. (laughs) And when my cousins would come over, which was often because, you know, when you're in the hood, you need a babysitter. Somebody got a babysit, right? My mom was that mom. So my house was that house Mm -hmm. where everybody came and they ate and they drank and they slept over. Um, And I would wake my cousins up and I'm like, we got to do a show. (laughs) Like every weekend (laughs) to the point where they stopped coming. (laughs) We don't want to be in the show. (laughs) They were like, can we go outside? I'm like, No. (laughs) How are you going to play Othello when you haven't rehearsed? <laughs> I'm like five, right? So, so again, my cousins, That's they supported me. Even though they didn't want to do it, even though they didn't want to learn tomorrow from Annie, I would have full-on, like, grown-ass cousins I love it. singing tomorrow from Annie, and I would be directing them, like, I want you to do it again. And this time, <laughs> I want you to take two steps downstage. Yes. So... Yes. I thank God that I was born into the ratchet, dysfunctional, and often um, turned up family of mine because it was those people who gave me permission to be myself. I love it. And from there, I was able to go out into the world with confidence that it's okay to be me, even if I have a speech problem, even if I'm a little chunky, even if I have a sinus infection like I do today, whatever. You know, that I can go into the world I could be myself. Yeah. And that those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't, don't mind. mind. Wow. Daryl, thank you for sharing that. And like I I I definitely want to hear you touch a little bit about your relationship with your father because I think as as a black man in America, we have this 
this thought, right? You're you that many of us are raised in like a single family, single mom, um, single parent home. Excuse me, um, by our mothers. But like you had such a magical relationship with your father. Tell me about it. Oh my gosh, um, I miss him so much. Mm-hmm. I really do because he was strong as an ox, mm-hmm. right? He was a day laborer, a construction worker, and he was always in our lives. He was my brother and I, and then later my little sister. Um, he loved my mom. Now, that's not to say he was perfect. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. He loved his family. He loved going to work so that he could come home and give me a dollar bill mm-hmm. or a $5 bill or $10 to get a haircut. Um, he was... A lot of times we hear this very sort of like masculine centric, you know, narrative about mm-hmm. black. Men. My dad was not like that. He did not care if I played football or if I went to ballet. Mm-hmm. It did not make him any difference as long as I wasn't on the street trapping. Right. Like he was a. My father was a real thug. Mm-hmm. Right. Like went to jail, did time. You know, coming across the Pulaski with. Yeah, kilos. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So he wasn't about, oh, my son has to play football to, to you know, affirm his masculinity. He did not want me anywhere near that. He wanted me to be as innocent and as childlike as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of the way he lived his life, right? So as I grew up and as I started to come into myself, I think it was so defining right to have someone in my life who was a male figure Mm -hmm. but who didn't push masculinity onto me does that make sense that makes perfect so he he, because oftentimes i see yeah you might have a a dad or a male figure in your life but you always have to wear suits you Mm -hmm. always have to yeah you have to sit up a certain way none of that so we danced. My dad and I used to dance. We used to do choreography and deliver because everything was arts. Yeah. So he would play Luther Vandross in the stereo. We would turn up and we would dance. In the, you know, um, and as I got older, he started to take me to like auditions and learn more about the business. Um, and one of the last things he did, which was a major, major thing, was I needed like almost $30,000 I was short like thirty thousand uh, dollars for NYU, and he took a private lo- he took a private loan out for f- like fifty thousand dollars. He was because he had never had credit before. They were like, "Yes, mm-hmm. we'll give you fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars." And I remember feeling kind of guilty for asking him to show up in that way, which I know was a big ask. And he looked at me and he was like, "I love you." I will do anything for you. There is there's mm. nothing you can do to run away from my love and support. Wow. To hear your father say that to you as a young man, I don't what someone else thinks, please. Yeah. Please, right? So it's not about just being there or being there financially. It's about being there in the ways that matter for the ones you love, mm-hmm. learning their love language, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? He oh. fathered my brother in a very different way, but that's because he had to. Yeah. Um, so now it's literally, I'm at the point now when I think about a family, I think about myself father. as a father. I love it. That's right? amazing. I want to continue that legacy. 
Yeah. Not because I want a nice picture for Instagram. Right. But because <laughs> I actually understand the value of passing on what was passed to me. Yeah. And so I think it's so, I mean, you got me a little bit emotional. I'm trying to fight back tears here because I did not have a, a father growing up. And just you sharing that reaffirms my my commitment to yeah. be a great dad when I do have children. Absolutely. Um, and so many stories we hear in the black gay community, right, of mm -hmm. like the coming out story and then the parents kicking you out, the coming out story and like especially the dad, right? God yeah. forbid you are a black gay man in America and have a dad who does it impose upon you this idea of what black masculinity is. What, what was that like with your father? Um, Sounds like he didn't care, but. <laughs> I remember, I'll just tell you this. I'll, this is what I'll say. And then, because <laughs> it's hard for me to talk about yeah, him because yeah. it, 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 it forces me to accept the fact that he's not here, which yeah. is still a very difficult thing for yeah. me. But what I'll tell you is this I remember being 21 ish, and I was in the kitchen. We, we had a, a three bedroom apartment. And I was in the kitchen and I had on a pair of shorts that were so high. <laughs> they were so high. Literally, if they were any higher, you would have seen the tip of my private part. That's how high they were. He wakes. It's about 11 o'clock at night. It's a summer night. I'm sure I'm on my way into the city. Right. <clears throat> he wakes up and he goes. He comes out of his bedroom. He walks into the kitchen. He passes me. He goes to the refrigerator. He gets a cup of juice. <laughs> he turns around. And I'm standing at the stove because the outlet was right above the stove. So I'm standing at the stove and I'm charging my phone. I'm leaning over the stove. And he goes, Daryl. So I turn around. I'm like, I'm nervous because I don't know what he's going to say. But I, I, I imagine that if I keep my back to him, right. he won't notice. <laughs> he goes, you know, I got to tell you, I like them shorts you got. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I like them shorts. You look, you, 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 got, you got legs on you. Oh, my God. I love it. You got a good pair of legs on you. <laughs> and I was, he was like, where are you going tonight? I'm like, Dad, I'm about to go into the city. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, be safe. Yeah. If you're going to do something, wrap it up and don't drive drunk. Wow. That was yeah. as close to any conversation about sexuality that I had ever. Yeah. With my, if you're gonna do something crazy, which I know you are, because you are our child, right? Just be careful. Don't go to jail. Don't do. Don't die. Yeah, I love it. That is magical. I'm so like. Let's talk a little bit about like some of the work that you're doing, uh, not just with kids, because we're definitely gonna get there in the work that you're doing at NJ Pack. But what? So being a black gay man in America, right, and having this, com you, you're a professional, but then like you, you go out and you want to socialize. I know that you've sort of had like that, that conflict that you, you're working to recon reconcile. And because of it, you've created a new venture, the Brown Boys Network. Uh -huh. I want to hear about the mission, what's happening with it, the impact on the community. Tell me everything about it. Well, um, about two years ago, I was going to church regularly in Harlem and uh, with a very good uh, mutual friend of ours, Maurice Blackman. Hi, Maurice. Hey, and, um, and Maurice introduced me to a wonderful group of guys up in the Harlem area, um, all from similar backgrounds, all professionals, all looking for acceptance and association and 
uh, you know, a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And we used to go to brunch. And it turned into, one brunch turned into literally for about 10 weeks, every week we went to brunch. And I know this because as an artist, I have to watch my coins very closely. They were leaving the bank account. So we were going to brunch and we were spending $100. We're having a great time every single week. Mm. And I thought to myself, this is more than just a brunch. We started looking forward to it in a real way. Mm-hmm. We started to connect in a different way. And the conversation went from like, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm a guest artist at New Jersey Before We Arts. Oh, well, I work at J.P. Morgan Chase. To like, so what your grandmama do when you when you told her right. that you had a, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And, and, and it, it started to become a very, like, really, like, real rich conversations. Mm-hmm. And one day we were walking down the street. And I was like, Hold on, stop. We got to take a picture in front of this um, stoop because I'm obsessed with stoops yeah. in uptown for some reason. And and I was like, on the count of three, everybody say, everybody say, um, Brown Boys Brunch on the count of three. One, two, three. They were like, Brown Boys Brunch. And, that, and then someone turned to me and they were like, that is actually brilliant. Yeah. And that was the start of our first initiative, the Brown Boys Brunch, which is all about building community and camaraderie mm-hmm. and celebrating each other and just coming together in an environment where we could just have a good time mm-hmm. where we don't have to worry about the police we don't have to worry about our professional associations we could just have a good time yeah that brunch has reached over 500 guys we've had four that we have them every quarter here in New York City we're about to expand and start to do them across the country hopefully that's uh amazing. so i think our next step is new jersey and then philadelphia and then dc we're gonna kind of work our way down mm-hmm. um and so we formalized the brown boys brunch as a program in the brown boys network, network. Mm-hmm. which is <clears throat> again all about building community in a way that is inclusive but also exclusive Mm -hmm. where we can talk about the things that matter to us. We can give advice. We can curate programming. And most of all, we're trying to keep everything free. Mm. So that's the challenge is do we love ourselves enough to step up and support ourselves and do what we need to do to sustain this idea? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and I love it. And I, I mean, I've been to a number of the brunches and events. Yes. So, you know, I am a, a fan <laughs> and always willing to support. Oh, um, and you. even just having having you on the show, I can't wait for this to be uh, hopefully beneficial to like get get the Brown Boys Network out there. Yes. In the name and reach a further audience. So yes. I'm happy about that. Talk to me now. You are a theater guru. Um, yep, that's that's what I'm calling you. <laughs> Y'all should have seen my face that I made when he said that. <laughs> like, Lord Jesus. Yep. I want you, you are like one of the youngest, if not the youngest faculty member, like at one, in a major, like I know Newark very well. I'm a principal in Newark. And so um, our actual office, like where our networks is it, uh, is situated is right across the street from NJ Pack. Uh-huh. Um, it is one of the most known performing arts centers in this country it and is. you are a faculty member there talk to me about that experience one of the most known and one of the largest yeah um so we have <clears throat> the the actual center excuse me 
New Jersey Performing Arts Center, but we also have a thriving center for arts education. And that is really where the bulk of the work that I do happens. It is a multi-level performance art space Mm -hmm. so like when people i try to explain it to people like you go to work and you sit at a desk or maybe you stand at a chalkboard i go to a studio like it's a physical dance studio with lights and mirrors and a a black box and Mm -hmm. a a grand piano and it is a place of creativity um we have after school programs we have in school programs mm. we have summer programs we have community programs all these things i teach and so we have someone who's really great at jazz someone who does dance and i happen to be the person for musical theater so all the kids who come in they're like i want to sing i want to dance i want to tell stories those are the kids who i work with uh, i've been there since 2011 Wow, that's a long time. Um, seven years. Yeah. And I've kind of worked my way up. Um, and so now I do a lot of professional development, working with other artists who want to come and uh, learn how to teach and or uh, who are interested in joining the faculty. And uh, it's been a really rewarding journey. I didn't know how to write a lesson plan mm-hmm. before I took on this job. I didn't know the importance of um, professional development for teachers and educators. I didn't realize all that went into this frivolous, in my opinion, art form. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it has been the most rewarding work. And I've sent a good, solid 12 students of color to some of the best schools in the country for musical theater who will be the next generation of Broadway stars. Um, So to see a 13-year-old boy come in, right, Mm -hmm. from the hood Mm -hmm. who happens to like theater and a lot of you know, a lot of black people we don't we don't go out to the theater. Yeah. And if we do go out to the theater, we only go out to certain kinds of theater. Right. We only want to see right. what we want to see. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But to be a source of information for that young boy or that young girl who's gonna come in yeah. and walk them through the process of like exposure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, repertoire building mm-hmm. and give them the tools of how to build a character or a show from soup to nuts is it's a it's, it's something that I can't even describe. Yeah. It's something I can't sure. even describe. It's just amazing. I love it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. And so I know that you're doing all that. You have the Brown Boys Network, you have you work in education. Um, I want to hear about what you're doing for yourself, like the brand Daryl Stewart. You have a show coming up that I want you to talk about before I we conclude. Do. And I, you got to tell me what the premise, don't give too much away, but like what is the premise? When is it? Like what's your vision for it? Tell us about Fully Versatile. Fully Versatile is my one man show. Okay. It is completely original. It's based off of a series of poems and short writings that I did over the years Mm. and it is biographical so it's about my life it's about growing up um with a speech impediment Mm -hmm. and and uh coming to find myself and redefine myself Mm. each and every day 
right? So it's about exceeding the expectations and the labels that people put on you. Mm. Um, it's very musical, so it feels very much like it's very Broadway. Yes. Um, but there are a lot of pleasant surprises, and it uses different art forms. So it uses poetry. It uses dance. It uses spoken word. It uses theater. It uses musical theater. It uses storytelling. It uses masks masking Mm -hmm. it uses any kind of form that i can get my hands on to move the story along so that's so fully versatile is a double entendre right right but uh one of the reasons why it's called that is because i do do a lot of different things in the show to showcase my versatility awesome it's going to be coming to new york in april and uh, all the information will be on my website so you should come oh you know i'm gonna or invite me to your place wherever you are so i can do it for you and your friends yes you know for sure that i'm gonna be there i will do anything to support the wonderful daryl stewart thank you oh my gosh and so i want to close us out tell us how you walk in your excellence every day um, I walk in my excellence each and every day by acknowledging that in God, I live and move and have my being. Mm. And because God is perfect and God is the creator and I am the creation, I am perfect. I love it. And so there is nothing that I cannot do with God's grace. That's how I walk in my excellence. Thank you for sharing that. I love it. That's one of my favorites for sure. Thank you. Tell us where we can find you, Daryl. I am DarylStewart.com or on Twitter and Instagram at the Daryl Stewart. That's T-H-E-D-A-R-Y-L-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Also on Facebook, just Daryl Stewart. Um, yeah, or you can find me in these streets. Right. Because I'm in Al these brunching. streets. That's it. <laughs> Harlem, brunch, Harlem brunch, FCBC mm-hmm. uh, in Harlem. I go there. I worship there often. Uh, I also love the village. So awesome. you can always find me in the village. That's wonderful. Daryl, friend, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, your thank excellence. you so much. Of course. So of course. much. And best of luck in this and everything that you do. I appreciate it. The force is with you. I appreciate it. Yes. Daryl Stewart, the educator, the content creator, the performer, the connector. Thanks, folks, for listening. This is your host, Sean Larry. Until next episode, define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence. Beautiful, beautiful. Walk in Your Excellence is recorded at Necessary Studios in New York City. Produced by myself, Maya, and Nikki. Follow us on Instagram at NEC Studios. I'm your host, Sean Larry. You can find me on Instagram at Formula22 at Walk in Your Excellence. Tag the hashtag Walk in Your Excellence and visit my website, www.seanlarry.com. That's S E A N L A R R Y. Define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence. Excellence.